Rolling. Rolling. It is Sunday. What I, why am I sounding like I just fucking walked up the stairs? I just went to the, re- to the fucking refrigerator. <laughs> anyway, this is uh, Sunday, March the 6th. Uh, we're back. Um, the last episode I've we just looked up was October. So that's November, December, January, February. Four months. I don't know how y'all been getting by without us. For real. Um, that's why the world went to shit. Oh. Uh, this year was, this year has been rough, but I don't know. January was pretty bad for me. <laughs> Let's see. We both got COVID. Oh God. We celebrated birthday. I guess we got to talk about that. I, I was more pissed than anything because I tried so hard not to get it. And it's, it's I mean, <sighs> you know, I was vaccinated. Thank God I was vaccinated. My family was vaccinated. Uh, my kids were vaccinated. My youngest, I could have, there's only two ways I could have got it. And I'm pretty sure of one. One, I was in the emergency room. I told you January is pretty bad. I was in the emergency room in January. So it could have been there. Because there was a lot, of, a lot of fucking people going in. When, when I had to go into the emergency room, it wasn't for me. It was for somebody else. But there was so many fucking people going in. This is like right at the, the, like the beginning of the wave of... Uh, what's it called? Omicron. It? Omicron. Omegacron. Omegacron. And people were going in there, and I, I heard one conversation. The Optimus Prime. I heard one conversation. That the, the, even the nurse told the lady. The, the lady went in there because she couldn't get a test anywhere else. Uh, and they're like, we're not testing. Like, if you feel sick, we'll bring you back. And if we think you have the symptoms, we'll test you. But otherwise, like, I can't tell you to be here, like, I right. can't tell you to come in here. <clears throat> and it was, just, it was just fucked up. So that, and then well, what I really think it was is my daughter came home one day. My youngest daughter came home with a fever on a Wednesday. Kept her home. By Thursday, she was fine. Uh, no, she came on on a Tuesday. She came home on Tuesday. Wednesday, the next day, of course, how they always are. They're, they're fine the next day. Thursday, sent her to school. Friday... It hit me like a fucking ton of bricks, like a ton of bricks. Oh wow! <clears throat> um, and I was out for what? I was out for a week from one Thursday to the next Thursday. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, mine. You got it right on Christmas. Yeah, man, that that sucked. Um, I kind of know where I got it from, but I mean, in this, in this, the way we are now. You take risks. You're gonna. You take risks. You're gonna go to the grocery store. If you want to go eat at a restaurant, whatever. I understood. I understood. I took a risk. Um, but, but it I wasn't. Was, but, but it I was wasn't vaccinated. a bad. But it wasn't a bad risk. Yeah, I was vaccinated. I was vaxxed. I was boosted. Um, and then I just thought I had because I have. I have an illness. And uh, you I weren't doing it, anything. I thought it was my illness. So I was just like, man, I'm so fucking dizzy. You weren't doing anything that anybody else wasn't doing. You right, were still right. wearing your mask. Right. Um, but then um, that, that passed after like a two days, and I was fine for a day. And then I got this weird, weird little thing. It's like a, he- a slight headache that would not go away. Um, like pff, diarrhea, TMI. I don't care. Um, I've heard that before. Like my brother-in-law said he had a headache that wouldn't go away when he got it. And then... Um, then, uh, then, uh, well, I don't remember what it was. But anyways, I felt fine for a day, and then there was the Thursday before Christmas, and I was like, you know what? 
I should get tested just to be sure. And I did. And that night, I, I was like, it, and within a few hours, they gave me the results. Then it, it said I had it. And then that night, I started having like breathing problems, and it just felt like I couldn't, I couldn't get enough air in my lungs. And it felt some, like something was on my chest. Like That's weights. crazy. And then that night, I had like a scary night because I was like, if I go to sleep, I'm going to stop breathing. And I called EMS because I was just, late at night, I was just taking these really by tiny yourself. little breaths. Yeah. And I was like, um, dude, I got vaccinated today. I told, I mean, not vaccinated. I told him today that I got tested tested. Uh, tested tested positive. I said, but I was vaccinated and boosted. I said, but I'm having trouble breathing. And they were like, but you're, you're breathing, right? And I was <laughs> like, yeah. And they were like, well, we're not going to take you in. <laughs> and I was like, what? And How said, are you supposed Why? to know if I'm not breathing? And they said, well, you, technically you're still breathing, so we won't take you in. And I was like, so I have to stop breathing and then call you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I mean, that was at the time when everything was blowing up. So, so they wouldn't even go out there. Nope. Yeah, they told me. So, I didn't sleep that that night. That night, I was sweating so bad, like seriously sweating. Um, Dude. And then I kept smelling ammonia and dried dog food. And I don't have That's a dog. That's very specific. Yeah. It smelled. I mean, I just. I don't kept even smelling, remember the last time I smelled ammonia. I just kept smelling ammonia nonstop and dried dog food. And I was like, where is that coming from? And I took a shower and I like, I seriously splashed water up my nose. Like maybe it's the inside of my nose or something. But I didn't lose taste or smell. Um, Near the die. The only, everything kind of went away after about a week except for the breathing. The breathing stuck around for like three or four weeks. Um, and then I, I, I was doing the, um, I ended up getting the monoclonal treatment um, immediately. Where is that? It was the... It was an infusion that they made you take. Antibodies? Uh, yeah, but they didn't know if it was really going to work against Omicron yet. I, I don't know if they st- if they ever confirmed it, but they had me do that. But it looked like outbreak. They, it was, it was <laughs> Freeman Coliseum. Not Freeman Coliseum. Behind it in like a warehouse. Where they keep the animals at the rodeo? Yeah, and then they had um, all these people like in E.T. fucking gear. Like when they go into E.T.'s house, when the scientists and the That's government crazy. And everybody was in these rooms made out of, like, sh- uh, shower curtains. And everybody had masks on, but, like, people in there, there's one dude in there that looked like, he sounded like he was dying. And I was like, fuck, can we wheel that dude away from this area? Because <laughs> I feel okay, but, yeah. I only went to get, only time I was around anywhere as I went to get tested. And that's the fucked up thing, too. Like, any anybody that I've talked to, including you... The company just pays for them to not come to work and not right. work. Right. My company made me take FMLA. Whoa. Yeah. And so, like I said, this was a Friday. I got sick Friday. Saturday, I'm off. Sunday, I called in. Monday, I called in. I was like, okay, I got to go get tested. So I got tested on Monday. Tuesday, I called in. Wednesday, I called in. It, it, it just made me tired. Like, I don't hardly oh, ever, yeah. I hardly ever get sick. But when I do get sick, like, I lay out. Like, I'm like, no, just leave me alone. I lay in my bed. I sweat it out, whatever, until I'm over it. It usually takes me a couple of three three or four days to get over something. But I was like, oh, like, it laid my – Friday, I slept all day long into Saturday. Uh-huh. And then, then you know, then you're like, oh, I got I to gotta get up. I got to get up. I just, right. It's making me feel worse from just laying here for a day. Right. And then it just made me even – and then I felt a little bit better, and then I got all fucked up again. So Monday I went, it, I went to at uh, Crossroads, 
It was underneath, uh, behind, underneath, behind. Oh, to get tested? Yeah, underneath, behind, oh. what do you call it? Um, it was in the parking garage, right? What's or that no? place? It's like a discount place. T, uh, Where the jackets, what is it called? Steinmark? No. Burlington? Burlington. Yeah. It was underneath there. It was actually in the mall. Yeah. Walked in there. It took me longer to park and walk in than it took for them to give me the test. Um, it took like two seconds to take the test. So I got home. And then that was a Monday. Thursday, I found, I got the text. They said they were behind. Because I think you told me it was like two days or three days. Right. They were behind. So Thursday, when I decided, I said, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clock back into work and do what I can. Um, that's when I got the text. They're like, yeah, you're positive. Mm. So when I told FMLA that, all they paid me for, even though I took Sunday off, all they paid me for and approved me for was Monday through, Monday through Wednesday. Damn. You know what? Okay, so. But I think it's because. Now we're in 2022. If it would have happened last year, now already companies are like, yep, nope. Well, before I got it, they had sent out a, not- a notification on email that if you get COVID at the job I was at, that they would pay you two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, two weeks pay. But that was still last year, right? Yeah. But then I got it in December. Of Which the was week. still last year. And then I called them to let them know, and then they only paid me for one week. But you were out for how many weeks? Well, I ended up quitting. Fuck that place. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I since the last. Who did you say you got a job there? What super Asian geek? Didn't you tell oh, me she yeah. got a job there? Yeah, yeah, she did. Okay. Um, but that, I just did not like that job. Um, yeah. Anyways, yeah, they ended up changing it. Wow! In the middle of me getting it, in the middle of my two weeks, they were like, "Oh no, we're only going to pay one week now." Because like, you already had given your two weeks notice, right? <laughs> yeah. Somebody probably right. saw that like, wait a minute. Hey, I had, well, I had proof. I had my results showing that I got right. it. I didn't make it up. Um, no, but, you know, I was exhausted. I would get so exhausted, and I was really dehydrated. Um, but, yeah, I was, like, really freaking exhausted. Like, I'd just do any little thing, and I was like, okay, I need to sit down. I need to just, like, rest for a minute. Um but I guess I'm all right now. I, I was still testing positive like three and a half weeks after. Yeah, you're the one that told me that. Because I, I was doing I looked the, that up. Um, like you're, gonna, you're going to. And that was the whole crux of it too. This guy in this trailer, not him. He's from Pet Cemetery. Hold on. This looks like Miami Heat. Miami Connection. So while we're recording, we're watching trashy horror movie trailers from America Genre Film Association. It is trashy. Africa, if you're hip. Look, you'll see, you'll see him again. It's the dad from... Uh, the, she has a uh, bullet in her head and she's kissing a spider. That's not a <sighs> sentence you'll ever hear anywhere else. It's the, it's the dad from Pet Cemetery. There is. The dad from Pet Cemetery. From the, the first Pet Cemetery, right? Yeah. Who is the wife? Uh, that short-haired lady. I don't remember her name. But, um... That was the whole crux of it too. Like that was a whole other situation where, like, well, if you go get tested, like it's it's it was one of those things where people like go to go back to work, like, just you can just stay out for ten days and you don't have it, and you can go back to work, right? Because if you go get tested, they're gonna be like, you still have it, they're not gonna let you back to work. Well, mine was I was taking the um, what do they call it? Um, fuck, I can't remember the name. The, the, two, the two different types of tests. One's like quick and one's like a little more... The in, more evasive one. In depth. 
I was doing the more in-depth one, and they were like, yeah, you're still going to be testing positive for a while. But they were like, but because you were vaxxed and boosted and you had the monoclonal treatment, you're, you're safe. You're not contagious. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. Anyway, yeah, like my work. It, but it hit a lot of people in my work. Like it was like, dude. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, it's just every week since January, it's been like two people have tested positive in the building. We need to let you know. I can't believe you're actually in the office. <clears throat> I think it's just a matter of time. My, like my, I, I, you know, I hate to say it. I have to check myself sometimes because I have to realize like this is a, you know, we've been going through this for two years now. Right. Almost two years. I don't know how people are thinking. I don't know how people are taking it, but to, to be honest with you, it feels like people at my work are just like giving up and they don't give two shits. And it's like, you're just, <laughs> and none of them want to come back to work, but I'm right. like, you're not doing anything to, for a case for yourself to stay home. I don't know. I, I'm more like, uh, I'm, I'm uh, immune. <laughs> they said I'd be immune for 90 days. So I had to listen to a call of this guy and he answered the phone and it sounded like he was doing anything but it sounded like he had forgot he was at work. Because, you I mean, you're, uh, you know what I mean? Oh, like one, of you're your, to, one of your employees. Yeah, one of my employees. And it sounded like he had forgot he was at work. Because he answered the phone. He's like, oh, uh, like, he, first he forgot where he was at. <laughs> then he's like, he couldn't, he, instead of having his systems up already, like, ready for a call. Who is it? Yeah, he was like, oh, just give me a second here. And I'm and like, we, we screen grab. That's another thing. Like, these people do shit. And, like, we know everything you're doing. Right, like yeah, I don't. I'm not watching you all the time, but if I if I have to, I can see every fucking thing you're doing. He's he doesn't have any of his shit up. He's looking at you know chat boards like transformer chat boards. I'm like, dude. I mean, there's people. People can't differentiate that. Like they don't know the difference between I'm at home and working, and I'm working from home, and it's ridiculous. But again, like I said, I have to check myself sometimes. I try not to be like, I try not to be so hard because I'm like, I don't know what these people are going through. But I mean, it's just you know, there's I mean, cause and then on top of that, there's always there's always a few people who are just never gonna get it, and they're always gonna be needy. Oh yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, fuck me, I can't believe it's March already. March, and it's hot. Now it's hot. <sighs> Today I thought it was gonna rain. Um. But yeah, I'm pretty sure they're gonna be like, nope, everybody's gonna go back to the office, because my company one of the <laughs> you know were, what, one of the main reasons they came here is because they got a tax break for having so many people in the building, and that doesn't count when people are not in the building. I where are y'all gonna work? What building are y'all in? Still on the bottom floor. I thought they sold that building. No, they started renting it out to other people while we've been at home. Uh, they renewed the lease. Okay. Or well, whatever. I, I miss going to work, man. I was one of the very few people. I'm like, look, if we have to stay home, I get it. I can stay home. But if we don't, like, I need to be back in my routine. I like my routine of getting up, taking a shower, getting ready, right. for, getting dressed like a professional, driving to work, doing my time at work, and then coming home. Like, I miss having a reason to want to go home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, but anyway, dude. It's just the same fucking story 2,000 years later. What are you doing? Let's take a picture. And then now we're fucking... Now we have to worry we're going to get drafted. Well, luckily I'm too old to get drafted for World <laughs> War Three. drafting me. For World War Three. We'd be like, oh, fuck no. Put that dude back. 
They'll make you a cook. Send them to the glue factory. In Kerblakistan. We're sending you to Kerblakistan. Team, I'll write songs for the, for the war. <laughs> Team America. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, gosh, man. I'm still waiting for Dinosaur Jr. Like, they haven't said anything. I know. They, post, they postponed it last. When were we supposed to go? Originally, it was supposed to be... I don't even remember when it was originally. It was supposed to be like last May, and then they postponed it to uh, September, and then they postponed it again. Okay, I remember when it was in, supposed to be in September. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like, I'm still waiting for that, but I don't know, man. I just... I just don't know. Like, what have you been looking? What do you? So let's see. What have you been watching? What are you looking forward to? Are you gonna watch the Batman? Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not really a big Batman person. I didn't even know it was out already. Um, I still haven't seen Spider Man. What? Why? <laughs> I didn't want to go to the movies. No, because you're like me. Like everybody's watching it. Like forget it. Um, I'll watch it ten years from now. I don't even know. You know what? I saw this movie called The Werewolves Within, and it's it's the the AT and T girl. Oh, she's gorgeous. Um, and then it's Guillermo from What We Do in the Dark. Is it just is it what just me, or do you, are you getting a lot of random fucking things saying, "Hey, you want an iPhone 13? Oh, on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, I get it like every day. Seriously? Um, I was like, I blocked all these people. I don't know how many times I have to block them. Okay, so I saw. The Werewolves Within, which was pretty funny. When did that come out? Um, let me load my movies that I've seen. Release date. When added. Okay. Whoops. I don't want to do that. Well, that's not what I wanted. Sort of when did that movie come out? Um, where'd it go? It came out 2021. It was a, uh, it was funny. I mean, it wasn't like drop dead funny, but it was kind of funny. Why is it backwards? That's why I, I took a selfie. Um, I saw. I saw that documentary, Sisters with Transistors. Was that good? Um, it was pretty cool for like Delia. I don't know if you know who Delia Derbyshire or Delia Derbyshire. I don't know how you say it. Or the one who did um, um, <laughs> where he she did the soundtrack to Clockwork Orange. Oh, uh, that's Wendy Carlos. They don't spend much time on her. Um, probably because they wanted to focus more on the women. Women. That sounds shitty of me to say, but whatever. Because she was acting like a man to begin with, right, Wendy Carlos? Well, she was a man. No, she wasn't a man. She was She was a man. She, she was a woman the whole time pretending to be a man. No, she was a man. No, she was a woman. No, her name was Walter Carlos. She was a man. Uh, you can look it up, but she's, she's scoured. When I watched the BBC documentary, Synth Britannia, and they showed her, it obviously looked like a woman dressed like a man. Not that I, I'm not that I'm an expert on it, but that's what it looked like to me. 
I'm trying to find something, but actually. Because they were talking about like it was a guy and then it turned out it was a woman after all. Like the whole time it was a woman. <laughs> no, it's just, it, I'm reading it right now. So it was a man who decided to be a woman was she after was, being a man. It was Walter Carlos. And then he went. He underwent sex reassignment surgery in May 1972, and then he was Wendy Carlos. But she's um, she has done a lot of scouring the internet <clears throat> to kind of erase her history. Uh, and when it comes to Walter Carlos, um, like there's some websites where like it's kind of like Wikipedia where people can update it uh -huh. you can't update pictures of her you can't update any any notes or any description or of her yeah and she has she has a like full control legal claim to she has she can write her own thing no one else can fill it in or take submit pictures of her which is weird well if you look at documentaries where they're talking about her when she's making clockwork orange uh -huh. I mean she obviously didn't look like a man she looked like a woman with a man's wig on. Um, so good on her. She, she did what she wanted to do. But it, it had Delia Derbyshire. Who's the other lady? What did she do? She did like the the electronic sounds library in England for like TV shows for like when they need a spaceship sound or when they need uh, something electronic sounding. And I think she did the Who, Doctor Who soundtrack. The Doctor Who theme. Do, do, do. Um, what about Kosi Fanny Tutti? Did she do anything in Throbbing Gristle? Yeah, she made she played guitar and cornet, but not electrical stuff. Um, she did afterwards. Um, she was more electronic <laughs> after the fact, but I don't know why. When we talk about women, I think about that girl. What was that girl in the nineties? I don't want to fall in love. Don't want to fall in love. Jane Child? Jane Child. I don't know why. <laughs> We've already discussed she played, her. She here. played the keyboard. <clears throat> um, oh, no, but it just shows, uh, like, the their setup. Like, their, they had so much electronics. And from back then, like, they were just recording just sounds. And, like, if they need a spaceship sound or an alien or sci-fi sound, they would oh. get in touch with them. But then they started making music with it. Um, it was pretty cool to watch. What was that on? Um, Showtime. And then I saw this weird movie with Drea DeMatteo and um, Parker Posey. That sounds familiar. Where they're, um, uh, they're friends and Parker Posey ends up meeting this French guy. She's like dating a bunch of shitty dudes. And she's just real like meek and kind of shy. Which I just, I didn't, I was like, that's not the Parker Posey I know. I went like, in your face. I Parker forgot what Posey. I was watching the other day. I was like, man, oh. Parker Posey was like, she was. It was called Broken English. One of the most beautiful women of the 90s. And then I saw Clock Watchers, which I hadn't seen in years. What was I watching that she was in? I mean, I, I rewatched all of the um, Christopher Guest. Um, must have been for your consideration. I saw the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I had dug. I mean, it's not. Is it? So tell me. I know we discussed this already, but tell me again. It's what is it? Is it a prequel? Is it an extension? No, it's supposed to be part two. Is it a remake? A sequel to the original movie. So it's part two, but 
So, oh, so who is Leatherface? The son of Leatherface? No, it's Leatherface still. He's got he's got gray hair. But does he look old? Um, what was that movie yeah, made? Seventy-four. Seventy-four. Holy shit! So let's say let's say he was twenty and seventy-four. So what would that make him now? Seventy-four, eighty-four, ninety-four, fourteen. 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. He's like 80 years old. Correct. Is that right? No, because my dad was 20 in the 70s. There's no way. 74. <coughs> 94, He's in his 60s. He's in his 60s. Okay. But there's a scene where they show, him, they, show, they show him before he puts the mask on, and it's just long gray hair. <laughs> um, but it, like, I don't know. Like, I hear people talk about horror movies now, and it gets me upset because they're like, it's so dumb and it's so unbelievable. And I'm like, it's horror movies. It's a horror movie. It's trashy. Let it be trashy. But we've had this discussion like no one, before. Like, I want, I want some, few, I want some semblance of some kind of logic to there's, it. There's very few movies that went take a serious route. Maybe Silence of the Lambs and uh, maybe Jordan Peele. But those aren't. I wouldn't even say those are horror movies. I don't know. Those, those are more psychological thrillers. To me. I don't know. Us wasn't all that great to me. Like, just trashy. It's just trashy. It's not... I'm not saying it's the greatest horror movie, but it's it's fun. And it seemed... I think I told you, it seems to be like a statement on... Leatherface? On um, the cancel culture. On Texas Chain... This new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And on tech, how Texans feel about um, not Texans coming in. What? <laughs> Who directed it? Some Asian guy, something blue, Garcia. He's Asian. I mean, Asian, Hispanic. <laughs> well, I mean, he could be. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't well, matter. Anybody whose last name. Well, you know, I don't even know. I just saw his name. I was like, oh, Hispanic dude, blue, something blue. Your Garcia. last name doesn't mean what you are. Um, I'm trying to think of what I watched. But it, um, and then I saw, oh, I saw this movie. It's very, it's like heartwarming type thing. Not heartwarming, but more like family. It's called Love and Monsters. It sounds familiar. And it's basically like a, it's a Michael Rooker. I love Michael Rooker. And from what I looked up, the main guy is the main guy from Teen Wolf, the TV series. Whoa. Which I, I didn't even see that. But anyways, it's kind of like zombie, what is it, Zombieland? Where it's a world where it's been overrun with monsters and there's like rules to survive. Um, but it was... It's a little more like heartwarming, <clears throat> feel good. Lots of monsters though. That's pretty cool. I'm trying to see what I what I've watched. I know I've watched way more movies than this, but I don't know. I watch the same things a lot. Um, I watched that documentary about Cosby. Did you watch it? No, I don't really want to see that. I, I'm not like I believe Cosby or anything, but I know what you mean. I so feel just good. like just I like things I don't I like I can't watch anything that has to do with nine eleven. Like I just I can't. Like I can't do it. I want to feel good and trashy. But it was pretty. It was. It, it was. It brought home how much he is part of the fabric of America, and how long he was in the, the pop. He was in the pop culture zeitgeist for how long? Um, That's uh, what was amazing. It, um. Yeah, because I mean, we used to, we used to watch picture pages, like, picture page, picture page. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not excusing him, but I miss the old days where I didn't know anything about 
anybody that I listened to or saw on TV. <laughs> and I don't need to know what they're what they're having for lunch. I don't need to follow them on Instagram and know what they're like and the type of humor they have and see their family. Just shut up. Just play music. I wanna, that's all I care about. If you want to put a message in the music, cool. If I want to listen to it, I'll listen to it. If I don't, I won't. I, I can but, I can get that. I mean, I understand. Like I, I like I have a friend that she's like, I just can't. I can't listen to Michael Jackson anymore. Like I burned all his records, and I was like, See, there's okay, there's but, no way I can do that. You there's didn't no hurt way. him at all. You already get, he already took your money for the records. If you really wanted to hurt him, don't well, stream him. Well, it's the whole it's it's the whole argument of but hate the artist. What I, do you hate the art or the artist? I like Michael. Or can you separate the art from I'll the I'll still artist. listen to Michael Jackson. I'll still listen. Yeah. I don't think I would ever listen to Bill Cosby because I don't care for him to begin with. But That was way before our like, time. Like those, like Bill one. Cosby, George Carlin. I mean, Steve Martin, when I was very little, my dad would play me those records, and I was like, okay, it was funny. But now it, it doesn't hold up to me, even though I do love Steve Martin. What's up? I felt like air just stopped blowing at me. And... The air conditioner is right behind you. Oh, okay. I was like, what just happened? Okay. Oh, and plus the fans on right now. Um, the, big one, the big one that I, I know everybody would probably find fault with me about is Gary Glitter. I thought you were going to say Marilyn Manson. Oh, Marilyn Manson's dope. I don't care. Gary My uh, stepsister is exactly the same. She's, she's like, adamant that all those women are lying. Oh, I didn't, I didn't say they were lying, but I just like the idea of a villain. Just, just a gnarly, evil person recording music. But I think it's also from the times we grew up. Like, like I told you, I've been like I've always known who Chuck Klosterman is. <laughs> right? Is that Ghoulies? Uh, I don't think it's Ghoulies. What was the other one called? There's Ghoulies. There's Critters. <clears throat> um, sorry, we're watching trashy tra- trailers. While we're anyway, recording. that looks like my cat. Anyway, Chuck Klosterman. I've known who he is for a very long time because he's always in. He always gets popped into a lot of documentaries I've seen. Um, music documentaries. And he grew up loving Motley Crue and Kiss. Okay. He grew up in a very, very, very small town in North Dakota. Right. And, I, and, and I've read like two of his books already, but his, I read his first book. It's called Fargo Rock City. And I was like, you would have grown, you would have fit in perfectly here in the 80s in San Antonio because I'm sure like you growing up, San Antonio being, you know, San Antonio being a working class city. I mean, that's all people listen to when I was growing up. Dokken, fucking Dokken, Molly Crew, Hobgoblins. I need to watch Rat. It. Rat. Budgie. Warrant. I remember that. I still remember that being all on MTV when I was a kid. Like, that was the popular thing. And even in middle school. I don't remember that too much. You don't? I'm, uh, I mean, my brother was into that, and my cousin was into I was going to ask you, I wonder if your brother's read any of that, because I think your brother would like it, because his whole argument is like, you know, all that music, people said it was trash, it was gutless, it was blah, 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 blah. But his whole argument is like, I didn't like Motley Crue because I thought they were like me. I liked Motley Crue because they were nothing like me. Like, I knew I could never be like that's, Motley Crue. That's what I was telling you the other night. Everybody, everybody likes somebody who's evil who's not them who's doing something evil like we'll buy little we'll buy little bits of evil from Marilyn Manson and we'll buy little bits of evil from Charles right because there's that whole thing like who, like that's a terrible person but we're still gonna especially buy especially when you're a kid because you're like who are these people right like I the one person that I know a lot of people would find fault with me for listening to and liking is Gary Glitter 
At the same I time, I only know Gary Glitter from at the same time with that one song. Every sporting event still plays his fucking music, mm-hmm. and he's a convicted pedophile in right. several countries. But I love the Gary Glitter catalog. He's fallen off the face of the earth since that. But what he can't go into certain countries anymore. <laughs> is he still in England? No, I think he's in. Um, I think no. I How think he, old is he? He's a gross. He looked gross even back then, but I think he's like eighty now. But um, is I think he's in jail. Is, it, is he pedophile? Yeah, he's a pedophile. He's been he's been caught many many times. So what do you so what so how do you think he contributes to to is it electronic music? No, it was glam rock. Glam rock. All I know is that one song that they play in music places. What other songs are there? Do you want to touch me? That Joan Jett did a cover of. Um, do you want to touch? Yeah. Do you want? Oh, okay. Touch? Yeah. He wrote that song. It's his song. Um, he has weird sounds in his music. That I can't figure out what they are. <laughs> and somebody told me they're just like really, really down tuned saxophones. And I was like, that just sounds so, like the sound is so weird. Let's pull up Gary Glitter. It's just like pop glam rock, but he looks disgusting. Yeah, I've, see, I've seen him. Yeah, he looks disgusting. Yeah, Rock and Roll Part 2. That's like, I'm sure that's That's what the song that everybody knows. Um, yeah, he looks like. Do you like. want to be in my gang? That's my jam. Do you want to touch me? Do you want to touch me? Let me see. Oops. Look at his songs. Hello, hello. I'm back again. Sidewalk Center. Didn't I do it right? Lonely boy. This is him. Download the Domino's app today and become a piece of the He also does down, Domino's commercial. Just kidding. What is the deal with all these ads? And this is in the 70s, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I know that's it. 73. So it's a drum machine and guitars. I don't know what that noise is. It sounds like it echoes on the drums. No, that noise. It doesn't sound like the guitar? I don't think that's a guitar. That noise right there? That's not a guitar? I don't think so. <laughs> See, I've heard this one more than Joan Jett's version. I've heard that one. That's a good song. I've bought his greatest hits like uh, before I heard all about all the pedophile stuff. Or I think actually before it all happened. Because it was in like 93. <sighs> and also like... Oh, but like... I'm. I there's still no own more the record. I'm not gonna get rid of the record. Or stop listening to the. Plus, record. there's no more artists like Michael Jackson. Like, there's no artist right now that is like Michael Jackson. Um, like, see, the thing is, a perfect example of someone <coughs> that's evil is Future. <laughs> He's misogynistic. I mean, his other his older. How many stuff, kids does he have? Like thirteen or something. I don't remember, but he's got a lot. But. I know plenty of girls who I've I've had them be like, <laughs> oh, it's so, like, I'm not I'm not saying it's not important, but they're like the rape culture and blah 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 the way the yes. way these other people treat women, but then they'll sit there and sing every fucking future song like <laughs> I just fucked your bitch in some Gucci flip flops, 
Yeah, are they they're they're these girls that are sending me the future memes where he's just being trashy to women, and I'm like, all right, that's it. Everybody buys little pieces of evil <clears throat> from other people. That's it's always been like that. That's, <laughs> everybody's gonna do that. I'm trying to think of the worst ones. Who, like artists. Charles Manson? No, no, like just artists in general. Oh, like Michael Jackson, Chris Brown. Well, yeah, Chris Brown, uh, Michael Jackson. But I think all those, like, Future and Chris Brown, that's, like, in the last 20 years. Like, before that. like Before that? Like, probably, before that. That's what we're finding out about now. Like, uh, the Sunset Strip, or what went on in the Sunset Strip with groupies. With Led Zeppelin and David Bowie. And yeah, but those girls were, like... There's that one girl. What's her name? Pa- what's her name? Pat- Patricia DeBar? But they were kids. True. That's what. That's what. Even Bowie, right? They yep. they say shit about Bowie sleeping with underage, yep. like children. I mean, really, Kevin Spacey now. Oh my god. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else that was like terrible. There's probably been a lot. Um. Uh, Fuck Kevin Spacey. Um, the producer, um, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. But I mean, he's not an artist. But. He was a gatekeeper. But, He's a gatekeeper. But he was... Right, He's horrible. Plenty of people had to have known about that. Oh, of course. And That's the whole thing about Hollywood. Like, are you going to say like, anything or are like you going to be a star? It's, you know, it's What's weird. more important to you? I feel terrible for Sinead O'Connor. Oh, yeah. She was right the whole time. She was right the entire time. And it's not like I didn't believe her back then, but I, I didn't take it seriously because I wasn't Catholic. But nobody gave a shit. But, yeah. And then now everyone takes her seriously. Uh, same... I remember... There was a court. It took her going crazy for everybody to take her seriously. I remember I didn't know who Harvey Weinstein was till I saw an interview with Courtney Love on E or something, and she was at a premiere of one of her movies, and they were like, "What can you give? What kind of advice can you give to like young starlets starting out?" <laughs> and she was like, "I can't say anything because I ha- I'll have a, a, a lawsuit on me." And they were like, "Well, no, like just like advice." And she was like, "If Harvey Weinstein ever invites you to his penthouse, don't go. Don't go." And that was was so long ago, but I was on nobody listen. So I don't know. I don't know. The Courtney Love, I don't know. Then again, yeah, Courtney Courtney Love Love altogether. Again, Chuck Klosterman wrote in that (sighs) book too. He has a part in his book about Courtney Love where, where before she met Kurt Cobain, like her career was going nowhere, and then she married Kurt Cobain, and all of a sudden, she had a record with a hole that was great. Then Kurt Cobain um, died, and then she wasn't friends with Billy Corgan for a long time, and then all of a sudden she was friends with Billy Corgan again. All of a sudden she has a new record. Uh, what he was trying to get to was that all those people wrote her music and she didn't write none of it. Maybe because I know, but I've I know heard, a lot I've of people who like those records. They like both those records. What I've heard, like before all that, the bands that she was hanging out with, none of them liked her. Right. Faith No More did not like her. She was a singer in Faith No More for a while. Killing, uh, I remember it was Killing Joke. Echo and the Bunnymen did not like her. <laughs> um, Ironically. And like her on her first album, there's a song that's a blatant ripoff of Bauhaus. And I don't know what the deal is with her and Babes in Toyland, because Babes in Toyland has a song that's a Hater. blatant ripoff of Bauhaus. And I, I read something recently where she said she wrote that song that Babes in Toyland has. <laughs> And I was like, so you were just ripping off Bauhaus left and right? Um, look. But I digress. <laughs> I want to be bashing Courtney Love. Let's do it for a little bit. It's fine. Okay. 
<laughs> Look, if you type in, do you hole, think she killed Corey Cobain or had somebody killed him? Oh, that's the whole thing too. That's what? so I oh. completely, I completely forgot about that. In no, Corey Courtney, remember? But the guy that was in court, the guy that they interviewed, who they thought was the guy who she hired to kill him, that was that guy that's on that documentary on fucking Arrow, and that one of the worst bands known to man. What was that band called? The it's that whole it's that documentary on, on uh it's on it's on Arrow. God damn it! What was the name of that band? Where they used to wear those black mat? They look like KKK. Oh, the mentors. Ma- the mentors, yeah. The singer of the mentors. He was on that. He was on that documentary, according to Courtney, because apparently he's the one that she hired to kill him. Well, that guy likes to just say really inappropriate outrageous stuff, in yeah, yeah, and outrageous things, and just offensive things in general. Because he, <laughs> we saw, that he opened up for the revolting cocks. <laughs> And he came out and he started the song and he said, why did they bury Rock Hudson face down? <laughs> so his friends could stop in for a cold one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was a, oh. And it was dead silent and they just launched into a song and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Terror, sex did you watch that documentary on him? Nuh-uh. What's that? What's whole that al- the album? Uh, or live through this? Not before that one. Live through this? No, the one before it. I, I don't know what. I didn't even know they had a first one. Yeah, that was the that was the first album album. Uh, I don't know. I didn't even know that existed until the other day. Because it's all I know is live through this and then that celebrity skin. Look, I'm gonna show you. Because you're even you're just gonna be like what? Whole is, okay, the song is called Mrs. Jones. The song is called Mrs. Jones by Hole. And it's a ripoff of what song? It's a ripoff of Bauhaus. This is it. Why do you go to YouTube? Where should I go to? Go to Spotify. It's all free. There's no commercials. Yeah, wait till the kitchen. Come on. That guitar. How could anybody not realize that? Like after that. That's stigmata martyr. By Bows. That's the exact look. Those are the kind of people who are like, nobody listens to it anyways. And and then when in fact everybody listens to that. Oh wait, no no no, that's not stick Martyr Martyr. <laughs> What's the other song? Uh, Dark Entries, that's what it is. Let's try to go. Did they play that when we saw them? They did, right? This is the song. This is Bauhaus. <laughs> it's the same fucking thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, how could now anybody not notice that? Everybody. Imagine being yeah. at that concert and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? And then... But Babes in Toyland has another one. Oh my god. Look, I'll show you. Real quick, real quick. It 
is called Okay, it's the same thing. I'm only saying them together because Courtney Love used to be in Babes in Toyland. This is the song. <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, just listen to the guitar. Okay, so that song, Courtney Love has claimed she wrote. It's ridiculous. This is the Bauhaus song, King Volcano. So, I mean, I was when you said like everybody wrote her music, because her shit sounded like ripoffs of Bauhaus. Excuse me, the beer. <laughs> um, what else I watch? I've been watching a lot of old stuff. I for a long time. I collected Criterion Collection DVDs, and then for a long time, I didn't buy any DVDs, and I would just download movies over the worldwide interweb. And now I'm oh, starting yeah, to buy stuff again. <laughs> and this is why I now it's actually one of those perfect times that even like with CDs, like CDs are cheap, and now it's perfect time with DVDs. You can get DVDs cheap. Right. You see what I got up there? That I I I don't know if I ever owned it. I think I burnt. Shout out, kids. When Netflix first started, they used to mail you DVDs. Oh, yeah. And what I did was I bought a DVD burner. So I would I would just get them and burn them and send them back and get another one and burn them and send them back. <laughs> um, but that one I found. Send them back. That Welcome to the Dollhouse. That's a hard one to find. I found it. I've been finding a lot of my favorite uh, documentaries like Dark Han, Live Forever, Stoked. The Rise and Fall of Mark Gator Gorgowski. Do you remember that guy, that skateboarder? Gator? Yeah. Gator, Gator. He's a murderer. Yep. Um, um, I've been building up my <laughs> Steven Seagal library. <coughs> I got that NXS uh, video collect- collection where they all talk about the videos. It's fucking beautiful. What? It's beautiful. Yeah, blood in, blood out. And me, Vida Loca. Yeah, American me. American me, <laughs> did I tell you? Like we used to go to the we used to go to the movies with my parents a lot. We mm-hmm. saw a lot of movies with my parents. 
one of the movies my dad wanted to see, and he had to take us. And my dad, my dad Willie, was American Me. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so let's see when that movie came out, American Me. We saw it at Century South, which is I'll, now mine. You know what? I didn't I mention I mentioned Yentl before. Yeah, you said you went to see it with your mom and your brother. Oh yeah. Okay. Who wanted to see that? Your mom? <laughs> yes. Because of Barbara Streisand. Want to see it? Yeah. My uncle is a big, big, big Barbara Streisand fan, and my my gay drama uh, teacher in high school was a big Barbara Streisand fan. He he sat us down. <laughs> I'll never forget this. I don't know what we were doing, but it was it was radio, television, and films. So he was the drama oh, teacher. Okay. He put on all the plays, but we also had radio, television, and film. We put we put together a TV show for the high school. And he sat us down one day. He goes, "I'm going to show you something. That's uh, this is uh, something that hasn't. This is a very special occasion. This was filmed in Hollywood. This is an artist who hasn't had a concert in over 30 years, right?" Uh-huh. I was like, who could this possibly be? Because, I mean, I was hip. I mean, I knew about music. And he's like, you're never going to see anything like this again. Mr. And, Andy Williams. And it was, Bar- <laughs> and it was Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Whoa. At her house, giving a concert for the first time uh, in 30 years. You know what? Unity used to always tell me in high school. <clears throat> excuse me. She, w- she was always like, man, I'm so ugly because my nose is so big. And I was like, no, it's not. And she's like, yes, it's so big and blah, blah, blah. And, and I was used to tell her, like, no, it's not, no, it's not. Well, then a couple of years later, I saw, I happened to see a movie with Barbara Streisand. <laughs> she has the same nose. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh, they're always saying Barbara Streisand has a big nose. I they guess call so. me Barbara. So American <clears throat> Me came out in 1992. So that means I was 15 years old when my dad took me and Dang. my brother I was to see American six. Me to watch a guy get a shiv up his ass in prison. <laughs> To watch Edward James almost because because my mom was like, oh, it's Edward James almost. He was in, he was the guy, the teacher <laughs> in Stand and Deliver. Me. This must continue that Stand tradition. Stand and Deliver. <laughs> you got another beer? Yeah. Okay, we'll pause. Pause. All right, we're back. Um. So yeah, I've been reading a lot of that Chuck Klosterman, and he talks about nothing but the eighties. <laughs> Nothing but the 80s glam rock. All the stuff that that's all about. That's like fucking Kiss was. It's like I should say. I used to say Kiss. 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 Oh, Kiss the radio station. Kiss the radio the station. Band. Kiss was here. Kiss was the ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne, Metallica station for a very long time. I don't. I don't. I don't. I haven't met too many people that remember, but they used to play alternative music at night. Maybe it was was it on the weekends? Okay, so so like before, alternative, like Stone Temple Pilots, The Cure. No, before before the grunge hit, because I heard the cure on there. I went to bed early, Drew. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I lived. Uh, no, I mean this is before like I was going out. But you're only a year younger than me, so you don't remember any like that was like, what? like like, as much as like what. like what's popular right now, like what's no, popular I, like, music right now. I don't. Well, first of all, I didn't have cable when I was a kid. I, I so, mean, I mean, you didn't I have MTV? Didn't see it. No. So I didn't see that. I, when, I, when I would watch cable, I'd go over to my cousin's house, who was in the New Wave and, like, the English rock scene. And I would just watch. I mean, I remember seeing Culture Club and Adam Ant and Duran Duran and Prince and The Police on TV. But I don't remember metal too much. 
but my brother was all into metal. So where would your brother get all like where he learn? What did he learn about music? His uh, friends. Like he told me, that he had this friend named Sean, uh, and he told me that he told me he remembers when he found out who Motley Crue was, uh-huh. and he said Sean came to school and he had a Walkman, <laughs> a cassette Walkman, yeah. and he was listening to it. And he's like, "Dude, check out this band!" And he <laughs> let, my brother said he listened to it, and his friend Sean had a cassette, and my brother looked at it and it had Motley Crue on it. And he's like, "Man, those are the ugliest girls I've ever seen." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Your brother was probably that was like your brother was probably in middle school when Molly Crew came out. Yeah, I mean he was he was I mean he dressed like the term uh, the San Antonio term the dirties. Yeah, that's he the greatest. Like that. The dirties are the best. He dressed that's like what, that. But when I was in middle school, when I was a fat little fat guy in sixth grade, from fifth grade to sixth grade, when I first got to sixth grade, I used to hang out with the dirties. He, uh, like I remember when I got to middle school. That's when my friends were in the metal, like um, Anthrax, Metallica. See, they taught me about Metallica, Skid Row, and that hard stuff. Guns but the Roses. other stuff I got off of MTV, like Motley Crue and Winger and Warren and Skid Row. Because well, all that shit was on MTV. You know what? At that time, oh, you know what? Like towards the end, well, no, it was like when I was in elementary, because that's when my brother was in in uh, high school. His friends would record head, uh, Headbangers Ball on VHS and give it to him and then he'd bring it and he would watch it with me or I'd watch it with him on Saturdays. <clears throat> so that's when I saw like the stuff that wasn't it wasn't like hair metal because my brother's never liked hair metal. So he's been more into like the Iron Maiden. Yeah, he's been into thrash. Except. And, like the British the, the British, British metal. British. The first wave of British yeah, heavy metal. and he's always been into thrash like S.O.D. and D.R.I. Um... Megadeth, Anthrax, Slayer, uh, Testament. Like that stuff I would hear about from my friend's older brothers. Oh, no, that's what my brother liked. The only hair metal band I remember he liked was Rat. (laughs) That's the only one. I mean, I don't... I I had a cousin. She liked Quiet Riot, but my brother wasn't into Quiet Riot. So I just want to make... Like I'm trying to... Like what I'm trying to make people understand is like... So like this is the... This is what... According to Apple, this is the top 10 music in America right now in the United okay. States. First one is Kodak Black, okay. song called Super Gremlin. Okay. King Von, song called War, who I've never heard of before in my entire life. Let's see what that sounds like. Do you know who this guy is? Nah. I was going to say, what do you consider that? He's number two. This is number one. This is called Super Gremlin. Never heard of that before in my life. This King Vaughn, one, two, three, four, five, six. The, the next six songs are all under King Vaughn. This is Gunna and Future. Yeah. Is this Push and Pete? Yep. That's number eight. This is number... That's number seven. That's number, this is number eight. Who's this? Gunna? This is Little Dirk. I've He's got it. the next one, two, three, four, five songs. No. Then he goes back to King Vaughn. I don't know who this is. Carolina Gaitan? 
Okay, yeah, this is like this is all this is all my kids listen to. It's oh, all King Von. Let's see what Los Angeles was listening to. Wait, that was top ten for what? San Antonio? That was for the USA, the United States of America. This is Los Angeles. And don't tell me there's this is what I say, like don't tell me like Hispanic people are like there's a lot of fucking Hispanic people in the USA. This is the number one song according to for Los Angeles. Gross. Let's see what New York is listening to. This is number one for, for New York. Honey. This is City Honey. of Gods. Fivio Foreign, Kanye West, and Alicia Keys. And then it goes back to Little Vaughn. Never heard of this guy in my entire life. Nah, I never heard of him. I heard of Kodak Black and Lil Durk. This is called A Boogie with the Hoodie. Oh, yeah, Boogie with the Hoodie. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, what I'm trying to say, like, that's what's popular right now. I mean, what else but is on here? At the same time, okay, who streams music the most? Kids. Young kids. Right. Yeah. Um, I think there's a big, there's been a big shift from like 2004 when iTunes and everything was taken off to what it is now, like the, the audience it has now. And I don't think those charts mean much anymore. To serious music, I don't, I don't, I hate to say that, but just people who take music a little bit more. I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm talking in terms of popular music, uh, like the most popular music. It doesn't even matter what it is. Like, this is considered like the most popular music. So, like, so I was in middle school in 1990. Let's see here. But this is what I remember that was on all the time. Let's see here. Like this was what was on all the time. Like, let's see, let's see. What? Oh. Like this. Like this was popular for a very long time. This type of music. Metal. Um, But you know what? When I was in high school, you know what was popular? And like this. This is the first concert my cousin and Sam Marcus ever went to. This is popular in middle school. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is what was popular. But do you know what was on the radio nonstop when I was coming up? Celine Dion, Elton John's Lion King fucking soundtrack. What channel were you listening Michael to? Michael Bolton. You uh, listening to 101.9? Maybe. No, no, no. It was magic. You're like, Delilah. No, it was... It was just trash. And I was like, where is this... How is this popular? And then, like, I remember my... I had a cousin, my cousin lived in Austin, and my aunt was like, hey, I'm going to go visit your cousin, her daughter. She's like, you want to go with me? And I was like, yeah. And she's driving up there, and my aunt's always been cool with us. She's like, you know, put on whatever you want on the radio. So we got to Austin, I was going, and I was like, what channel is this? And it was playing shit I'd never heard of. Yeah, Austin's like, always been like that. 
This was like 92, 91 maybe. 101X. But I was like, what? I've never heard this music ever. Even on KLBJ. And they were like, ah, number one again this week. And I was like, what? Yeah, like this (laughs) shit that they would never fucking play in San Antonio. I mean, I don't care. Because it's a college town. Because it's a big college town. I don't care about charts anymore because. There's no such thing anymore. Well, I never paid attention to charts when I was a kid. Or when I was listening to music uh, seriously. Everything I found was not what was popular. Yeah, The Cure was never on the charts. Maybe, maybe just like Heaven. And like when grunge was popular, I wasn't a fan of grunge. I was going backwards. You like Screaming Trees. And listening to stuff that the grunge people maybe said influenced (laughs) them, like Big Black or The Minutemen, um, stuff like that, Uh, Husker Du. That's what I was listening to. And I was like, well, the people I did like... I was like, well, I told you, uh, why, what did, why did they sound like that, or what made them? <laughs> and then I go back and find whoever they said, and that's what I, that's how I would find. Music. I told you at Borders, right? Like that was my one, like my, my go-to CD. What to like not help anybody was Zen Arcade. I would throw that on. That was the first time anybody ever came up to me like, "What is this noise?" <laughs> They're like, "Why are you playing this so early in the morning?" I told you that Daft Punk story, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. I still think about all the fucking free CDs we used to get at Borders. I don't remember that. You didn't get any free CDs at Borders? All the promos with the holes in them? Oh, yeah. Well, that Scott would put it in the break room? Shit, I didn't go to the break room. I'd find, I find them. They were never in the break room for me. i find them everywhere. Oh, I was, I was just like, hey, Scott, I want this one. He's like, well, uh, what if somebody else wants it? And I was like, no one's going to want Fucking <laughs> Steve Reich remixed by Philip Glass. <laughs> Dude, I used to take those and sell them. I was like, I used to take all of them and sell them. Oh, I don't even know. ones I didn't even like. I remember he got bad. Because remember he would sign them? He would sign off on them. <laughs> and he went to CD exchange and there was a bunch of CDs with his signature. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't change the fucking uh, like you can't change the fucking jewel. And thing. then I started God. telling people like, you know if you get a nail polish remover, his signature comes right. Or you can just fucking change the fucking CD with another one there at right. work. So <sighs> those are the days. Good times. When CDs were expensive. <laughs> like uh <laughs> some of the trashiest shit has been showing on this TV right now. I think this is body melt. I have to watch every single movie on this trailer. I think this just came out on Vinegar Syndrome. I think it's body melt. Hold on. Yes. It just makes me wonder, like, who gives people money to make these movies? Like, where do they find the money? So to make in these Canada, movies? there were. A, it, oh, it is body melt. In uh, in Canada, there were there was a like a, a, a fund that was developed for filmmakers to yeah. use. I saw David Cronenberg still there. His earliest ones. Ah, Satanism. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I. Somebody was like, you know, you seen those memes? Was like, when I was a kid, I really thought quicksand was going to be a big problem. When I got (laughs) when I became an adult, (laughs) I thought satanic cults were like the big problem because it was on Donahue and Geraldo all the time. And then look at this <laughs> shitty movie we're just trailer we're watching. That brings to mind another band called Striper who were fucking Christian rockers. I, to, heard, I heard their first album's really good. I've never to Hell that. with the Devil. You remember that? Yeah. I remember. Uh, I had a friend who was like, yeah, they're Christian. Like, 
Dude, even I know they <sighs> suck. I'm I'm eight years old. Even I know this band sucks. I remember reading that Marilyn Manson used to do coke off of the Striper album. <laughs> 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 and that uh, the bass player, he's not in the band anymore, but he, I follow him on Instagram. He bought which one, one is that? The bass player, Twiggy, Twiggy Ramirez. He bought one of the um, Striper's outfits, the original Striper's outfit, one of the outfits from one of the. Because well, they're being ironic because they were a Christian band. But it fit him, and he took a picture with it. That was odd. Damn, that's pretty cool. There was a guy they were interviewing about him for he used to be in the band, and I was like, oh, because you know what? Because, you know, I've been reading this Chuck Klosterman. He's reminding me of all these bands. And right. then I watched Metal Evolution, the 11-part documentary on metal music. The guy who did, he, his name's Sam Dunn. He did a documentary. The first documentary he did, it was called... It was called Headbangers, A Journey Through Metal. And he kind of glanced over everything because it was like his own story growing up with metal. He glanced? Oh, well, he kind of glanced. He kind of glazed over like every kind of genre. Okay. But then he decided to do an 11-part documentary about all the genres of heavy metal, like a history. Because he's, he's a – he is a uh, – I want to say architect, but that's not – he's an archaeologist. So he wanted to get like down to the roots of where all this heavy metal and heavy music comes from. Okay. But uh, he was interviewing a cool because it was a it was the episode that was called Shock Rock. So of course you know they did Alice Cooper, uh, Arthur Brown from England. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Fire. Uh, and they were talking about Marilyn Manson, and they interviewed one of the guys, and I was like, who is this guy? It was like some random guy. I forget the name of what he was, but it was like like the random because all of them are like. First name is a model, and the last name is the serial killer, right? From Marilyn Manson, yeah. Um, this guy's like, who is this guy? Like, when when was he in Marilyn? Gidget Garn? No. Sarah Lee Lucas? Nope. Daisy Rem- Daisy Berkowitz? That's the one. Uh, he was a guitar player for the first album or so, and then he got fired <laughs> by Trent. Uh, by Trent. But uh, that Chuck Klosterman interview, interviewed him a lot. He's like, I've interviewed Marilyn Manson a couple of times. I interviewed him before he got famous. And after he got famous, and he just kind of like, he was talking about like, you know, at first he's like, he seemed like, he seemed like a really smart guy. He knew what he was doing, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, he knew all the, everything. And then after he got famous, he just started acting like, I don't know what you're talking about. Da, 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 da. He goes, he's like, of course, he got blamed for Columbine, which he shouldn't have. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I to me, it's almost like you know, it's a double-edged sword because he did all these things, and then he came back to bite him on the butt, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Nah, you know, don't blame me, don't blame me." It's like, well, you know, you're poking the tiger a little bit, and you're gonna if you get scratched. <laughs> I think he was. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he. I don't know what he's doing right now. I think, like I said, you know. He's working with Kanye. I don't know, dude. I think he should just be quiet. And what he's doing is like not. It's like counterpoint. I think he's lost it. You know, I mean. I don't know. I'm not saying those ladies are lying. Right. But I think we are at a point where things have gotten a little too out of control where. But I think you're right. It's like, like, who did you think you were going to be messing with? That, but at the same time, we're at a point now where we're not letting the legal system play out for anyone anymore. 
being the court of public opinion? Yeah. It's, that's just what it falls under. Um, his two ex, two of his ex-wives. Dita Von Teese was like, I never had any problems with them, right? Yeah. Rose McGowan said the same thing. She never had any problems with him. He was a nice man, but she supports the women. And I was like, but Dita Von, T- but both of those women to me feel they to me they feel like women that don't take shit off of anybody. Well, I mean, even you know what I mean. Well, like maybe. they seem like the type of women, like yeah, you're not gonna do that to me. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where to draw the line, but I'm not gonna. I'm I'm the one of those people that I don't just take everyone's word for things. What happened with like, him and Trent Reznor? Um, I don't really know. I know. Um, well, didn't he, didn't Trent Reznor make that song about him, Starfucker? Yeah, but then he he got he directed the video, <laughs> and he's in the video. Um, Irony. I just remember. I think from what I've read, it's just that he thought Marilyn Manson got too out of control and so fucked up on drugs, and then he was saying like he just became a caricature he's just cl- right. he's just a clown like a dopey clown that's his those were his words a dopey clown. caricature of caricature of his own. um and honestly i haven't liked his music after like the third album or something what was the one where he had boobs uh human uh, or what was um, it called creatures uh, something creatures mechanical animals mechanical animals um i haven't really listened to anything since i mean i i mean i didn't go listen to anything i heard a few things and they just weren't that great to me my stepsister loves Marilyn Manson. She just got a new car. It was the first sticker she put on the fucking car, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> um, and there was a point a couple of years ago where I don't remember who initiated it, but one, one, either Trent or Marilyn were saying that they wanted, they were open to like working with each other again because they were like, I miss when music was dangerous. Right. When Marilyn Manson was dangerous was and edgy. Nine Inch Nails were dangerous. And they were like, I wish we, we needed... The like, only time I felt Nine Inch Nails was dangerous was on the Downward Spiral. I thought that Broken movie was... <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? I thought that was real for a second. And it wasn't so much as dangerous. I thought... Like, what's the song? Um, like, I'm, try- I'm trying to remember. What's the song, Fuck You Want, like an animal song? What's the name of the oh, song? Oh, Closer. That's a fucking sexy-ass song to me. I'm trying... Like, there were shows that I went to when I first started going to shows. And the and March of the, the Pigs. Lighting, that's a fucking badass song. The lighting or just what they were showing me on stage. And I was like, this seems scary. Like, scary. Like a scary band. Have you ever been to a concert where you were scared? Like, what have I gotten myself into? Like Where I was scared? Like, you were scared? Like, I, like, I, feel, like <laughs> Jim Rose. I feel like I'm in a bad situation. Okay, yeah. Jim Rose. But he... Was it Jim Rose? Like, I've just put myself in a bad situation. He, yeah, it was Jim Rose. Um, somebody had a chainsaw. <laughs> and they started the chainsaw. What was that called? Jim Rose wrote, what was it called? Circus Sideshow. Somebody had, the, one of his performers had a chainsaw. They started the chainsaw and he blindfolded them. And they ran through the crowd oh, with it. Oh, shit. And then um, he said something busted on the... Um, the chainsaw and gasoline was coming out and everybody was getting wet with shit. Holy shit. And it kind of smelled like gasoline and I was like, are we, are we fucking getting sprayed with on, gasoline? Because you know what it is? Because on a chainsaw, you, ha- you have to mix the, you mix the gas and the oil. But 
it was back in the day when everybody was smoking in bars and clubs. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, we're going to fucking yeah, die. Like this. And this dude's blindfolded with a chainsaw. And then later on, I was like, there's no way that chainsaw had a chain on it. And yeah, there's so much of liability. There's like no way the insurance Everybody left, and we were like, that wasn't gasoline, dude. That was just water or something. <laughs> but yeah, that, I remember I was, I was scared at that show. And <sighs> I was like, we're getting sprayed with gasoline, and you have to put your cigarette out. <laughs> I think the only time I got scared at a concert was the Rage Against the Machine at the South Park Meadows when they turned that hole for like, I would, it had to have been like a mile, look like a square mile of concrete into a mosh pit where I was standing on top of people because I was like, oh my God. And I thought, I thought my, I thought I took my brother and his friend right. and I took the son of a guy of my landlord and I lost all of them. I was like, I'm going to have to call my dad, say my dad, my brother's dead. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been scared of a sh- of a crowd at a show. Uh, it was the situation. Like I said, I'm serious. Like I was standing on top of people not to fall down. But I, I've never, I've never been at a show where like the crowd got so out of hand. Maybe, I mean, I've been around like fights and shit and like insane pits, but nothing like. I was like, we got to get out of here, guys, or something. I was just like, all right, let me scoot over so I can finish watching the show. When I went to the... dudes fight. When I went to the um, Blockbuster Music Fest at the (laughs) Texas Motor Speedway... I went to that. I had to get out of that because I thought I was going to pass out of heat exhaustion. Because the jewel pit was so out of control. That was the the worst part of that whole thing because they had bands that had you moving, and then they're like, oh, yeah, like... I mean, at the time, they had, like, Matchbox 20. They had... Third Eye Blind. It was Jewel, right? They had fucking... That was that... They had Sugar Ray. It was the most like... They had Counting Crows. They had Bush. They had No Doubt. But in between all of those, they're like, oh yeah, just fucking Counting Crows just rocked your world. Now we got Paula Cole. But Jewel was there, right? It was Paula Cole and Jewel. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, I was working for... Uh, and it was like 900 degrees outside. I was working for, for Blockbuster Music. Right. Back in my and they and they would you would go in and you would buy a CD and they gave you the ticket. Well, it was during yeah, it was during my rave goth days. Yeah, and my coworkers were like, "We got tickets to the sh- to the festival. We should go." And I was like, "I don't want to go see any of those bands." They're like, "No, you got to go with us. It's in Dallas." And I, I forgot like, who I wanted to see. I forgot who it was I wanted was to see. I wanted to see No Doubt. I yeah, wanted, I, I just remember seeing the, the the lineup, and I was like, none of those bands sound like they're going to be rocking or doing anything dope. Or it was all the popular bands at the time. But, like, I mean, it was, like, safe, safe, safe rock bands. Right. It was not, like, it was a pop music festival. Um, so we drove the night before. It was Chris McLean and his little brother. We drove the fucking <laughs> night all the fucking way up there. We get there, and it's like fucking, it's like fucking Woodstock 94 in the parking lot. This is the night before. I'm serious. <laughs> there's no way. I'm serious. There was like that. naked women dancing on top of buses. <laughs> there was bonfires. and But I was so <laughs> fucking tired. I was like, I'm not going to walk around. Chris walked around. This is when I had a cutlass. I had a... I had a <laughs> it was like Woodstock. What, it was a 92 cutlass. And this is the only car I ever had where the seats didn't recline. <laughs> so I slept in the back and Chris and his brother... And Chris's, his brother slept in the front and Chris went around... I don't know what he did that night. I don't think he slept. So the next morning we got up and we walked in. When, as soon as they opened the gates, and we were right in the fucking front. 
we were right in the front, and I think we lasted until <sighs> at least until no doubt, and then we left and got a hotel room and slept for like two days, and then we drove home. Uh, like, how are these trailers? Like, what <laughs> movie theaters are they so showing? We're watching trailers to our listeners, and there's so much boobage in all these movie trailers. It's going from a girl's toes all the way up, and but in between, it's showing other this, scenes of this trailer in particular. We're watching has lots of boobs, and when the movie title comes up, we'll, we'll disclose what it is. Um, you know, oh, you know what I was thinking. Of? I don't know why I just thought of this right now. Um, I should be able to foot pull up this fucking starring Carmine Capobianco, who's doing the worst stabbing ever. Um, I just thought about this right now. I don't know why. Watching this trailer, um, musicians that are terrible or psychos in love <laughs> is what it's called. Um, musicians are just famous people or musicians in general that are terrible Africa Bombada who has, is known as like one of the founders of hip hop or the creators <laughs> of hip hop and like KRS One will not will not stop defending Africa Bombada which just freaks me out but it's, it's I say that but then it's also the same thing where it's like he was accused of being a gay pedophile who? Africa Bombada. And he hasn't gone to court for it. So I'm just eating my words of what I said earlier. But um, yeah, it's kind of weird. Of where where do you draw the line? But whatever. I'm looking at I'm that. looking at the I'm drink this beer. I'm looking at all the bands here, and it, to me it seems like there was way more. But what? For blockbuster music, it was a band called Soak, which doesn't exist oh, yeah, anymore. Yeah. Sugar Ray, Third Eye Blind, Collective Soul. Souls, Paula Cole, Bush, Matchbox 20, The Wallflowers, No Doubt, Jewel, The Nixons, and Counting Crow. Yeah. But the main headliners were Bush. I remember that. That's that's how popular Bush was at the time. Man, I don't think we even stuck around for Bush then. No, I didn't. I've never seen Bush. Because I've always hated fucking Bush. I've never seen Bush. 20 years ago, Gavin Rosdale of Bush had one of the best days of my life in Fort Worth. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah, if you must live in Fort Worth, then. <laughs> Jesus. Look, MTV broadcasted it. I didn't even know that. MTV broadcast a blockbuster music fest. Estimated of the crowds rock fest takes more 150,000 people all the way to 500,000 people. Jeez. Jeez. I just remember it being hot. I remember people passing out. Oh, did you go with us to go see Goldie? No, you told me about it. It was downtown, right? At the what was it called? The warehouse? No, it was at Cameo. Oof. And the Goldie, Goldie's opener was Doc Scott, who's from England. He's on Metalheads, which is Goldie's drum and bass label. Doc Scott looked bored out of his fucking mind. <laughs> He was spinning records and he had his arm on the on the counter and he just had his like his, just head, out. his head resting <laughs> it. it wasn't even like grooving to the music he was just staring at the crowd like whatever and then um <laughs> Goldie came out and Goldie like destroyed it like that whole place was blowing up <laughs> um <laughs> I just remembered that yeah we went to the cameo to see that oh <sighs> The 90s. Ah, uh, so good. 
But I think another thing, John Klosterman, he brought up a good point. I think the 90s is the last decade we'll ever experience. Because to me, the last 20 years, I, I, I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't even tell you anything that was like was going on in 2006 or 2007, 2008. I think there was, uh, I mean, I, I think I said it one time on here. What? That in the 2000s, it was that, it was the jiggy area of hip hop took off. Really? Um, the Nellies and the Jay-Zs. In the 2000s? The beginning of the 2000s. The very the beginning. very beginning. That's when that took off. That, getting then, jiggy with it. Then, um, then um, <laughs> like, Electro Clash took off. Indie Rock took off with, like, Faust and all those little indie bands. That all the New York out. bands, to me, there was, like, then, 2000. Then the post-punk, the post-punk shit took off with the people that just all sounded like Gang of Four and Joy Division. And then... Uh, nobody. Nobody messes with the strokes on my watch. Then the... Um, like the electro clash was going off, and then those scenes kind of merged, and it was like the all those all those scenes, the jiggy, indie, the electro clash all merged, and it became the party scene, spank rock, the DJs were the thing, Steve Aoki, and like all these all these rappers Landfill were doing songs, indie. all these rappers were doing songs with indie artists and electronic artists like Grizzly Bear and Clips did a song together. That's when that took off. Getting jiggy with it. That was, was all, in that 1997. Was the, no, but the jiggy era is the rise of very money oriented. I'm on a boat on my video. I'm on a yacht on my video. Just a ton of girls. It's just rapping about what you have and your money. Like, to me, that to me that equates with like puffy, money, clothes. Well, I mean, puffy did it, but when everybody took off with it, it was Nelly, Chingy. What's Nelly's most famous song? Uh, Take your clothes. What's that one? It's getting, oh, it's hot, getting in here. hot in here. Hot in. <sighs> so what year do you think that song came out? What? Hot in here? Yeah. 2005, four? 2002. Really? Yep. Okay. That's what I'm saying, Drew. What? Like that, that's the, what, that supported the, the what year, I said. The year between 2000 and the years between 2000 and 2010, like you could just, they, like any year could have been any year. Like you, that, I know what it was. I mean, that was to me. There's no differentiation. There's no differentiation in any of those years. I know what it was. I mean, that was also the rise of the internet culture. Like the internet taking over to where everything's internet. So when was the rise? So let me just ask you this: When was the peak of MySpace? Oh six. That late? Oh, six, oh, seven? I don't, know. I don't know. I didn't keep up with it. Oh, four? No, wait. Oh, five. Oh, five, oh, six. Let's say that. I got married in 2005. Yeah, because I remember we were, we were going to clubs. When we got married, when I got married in 2005, LimeWire is what I used to use. Um, well, yes, about MySpace. MySpace. I remember checking MySpace to see what DJs were playing at clubs that we had gone to. Is there a poster set list on there? Um, That's what I'm saying. Like I, re- I can remember every year of of the '90s, but like after, the, like in 2000, like I, I don't remember. remember 2000 to 2010. 
the teen, the tens, 2010s seemed like a. I can't tell what was what. Like in the last ten years. Yeah, I remember. I remember dubstep, not the rape the rape soundtrack that America turned it into. Like, like two step. What it is. Yeah, before before what was that famous guy there in England, that black guy, the two step. What was his name? David What was his name? I don't know. A garage guy. It's called Garage. <laughs> I don't know. But the dubstep from England that started like um burial, uh box cutter, scream. Those artists had started dubstep over there before it turned into the bass farting sound that it can turn into in America. Uh, like the roof of your date. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Soundtrack. That's what it is. It's, that's all the, all those fucking losers that listen to it. That's all they Sorry. Uh, before it was that. Um, I was like, oh man, I really like this dubstep shit. But then the new American shit started coming out. It sounded terrible. But then I heard, I remember I heard The Weeknd. My friend Mark from Austin, when I was in Denver, Mark and I were always keeping each other up to date with like crazy shit. He would hear something new. What do you think of The Weeknd now as opposed to his first stuff? Uh, it's all right. I mean, it, I, I like it. I like some of it. I, I don't listen to all his music, so I couldn't tell you. When did Discovery from Daft Punk come out? 2000 or 2001. 2001. That's the last time I really remember because that's when we were like in. That's when we were in. in I remember Marcus and I got sent to Jackson, Mississippi, and before we went, I bought Discovery uh, CDs. I remember I bought Discovery at the drive-in, Coldplay's first album, and Missy Elliott's. um, Is it Wired? Super Duper Fly. Yeah. No. 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 The third album. See, that's like the really the last year I remember. Maybe 2002, because that's when I met uh, Melba. And I remember Sky Blue Sky from Wilco coming out at that time. No, not Sky Blue Sky. It was Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Well, I remember we drove. He, Marcus drove. We took turns leading each other. We were in our own cars driving all the way to Jackson, Mississippi. And I listened to those four albums all the way up there. And, and I remember those times when I had LimeWire. <sighs> Where like my favorite, one of my favorite bands is Wilco. Like I had that Sky Blue Sky record, like almost a fucking year before it even came out on CD. Mm, I remember my brother found. This is the first time it ever happened to me, dude. I had I had Kid A. This is when we were. This is when we were. This is when we were in Austin. Remember Kid A came out. Yeah. We went to go buy it. We stood in line at Tower Records downtown Austin. Well, my cousins, <laughs> yeah. my cousin's friend from San Marcos. I forgot where he was living. But he, this is before I even was able to even fucking download shit off of LimeWire. He was downloading shit off of Napster, and he got us a copy of Kid A before it even fucking came out. And this is when I was, we were working at Lucent because I was fucking in Temple. With, what was that guy who looked like Bro Lives we used to work with? I don't remember. He used to drink fucking scotch. Remember, he used to always oh, talk Rocky? about scotch. No, he used to always talk about scotch. Like he had been to fucking uh, Scotland to get scotch. You remember that guy? But I, I remember, remember listening. He burnt us a CD, and I went, and I was working in Temple with him, and I was listening to it before he even came out. Do you, do you remember Rocky? He was from San Antonio, though. And they were, everybody was like, dude, stay away from Rocky. He's a fucking raging alcoholic. And we all... I remember that guy. What's the guy? That, uh, I remember Stinky Pete. No, Rocky. I only saw Rocky once. Dude, I got to piss. Hold on. <laughs> 